This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which airs live every Tuesday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Big Papa Smokers. Big Papa is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and everything that you need to make a world-class pit out of a 55-gallon drum. Visit them at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and pits as well. You can visit them at TheBBQGuru.com. And by CookShack, a leader in pellet and electric style cookers. Visit them for specials online at CookShack.com or call them at 800-423-0698. And by Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago. You can get in contact with them at sucklebusters.com like them on the facebook fan page sucklebusters or visit the texas bbq forum.com check them out and see why sucklebusters means busting with flavor and by Stephen defranco jeweler the official jeweler of the barbecue central show visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700 and by butcher barbecue makers of injections sauces and rubs find them online at butcherbbq.com and by green mountain grills a leader in the pellet grill market you can find out more about their cookers by visiting greenmountaingrills.com and by cookingpellets.com a maker of high quality pellets for all of your pellet driven cookers you can visit them at cookingpellets.com or you can find them at amazon.com as well you're listening to the barbecue central show Joe B's comes with a no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. For energy and to feel great, go to JoeBees.com. That's J-O-E-B-E-E-S dot com. This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.TV, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Radio Show will air live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. Oh, yeah. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Reffy. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you... It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show, of course, can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter a little bit earlier this afternoon. 
Coming up in about uh, 12 minutes from now, the longest-running show sponsor, a barbecue pitmaster, championship style, inventor of crazily unique products for the barbecue and grilling universe, world, whatever. And he's got something new under his sleeve, up his sleeve, around the back door. Whoa, that sounds good. Bob Trudnack, barbecue guru, in for the show at 914. Special guest Brian Cohn, or Cohen, from Bespoke or Bespoke Bacon. We'll figure that out at 914 as well. So look for Bob in just a handful of minutes at 935. First time under the show, unique product that I've been seeing all over the worldwide internets and especially on Tailgater Monthly magazine that I get in my email box like once a week, so why do they call it monthly? His name is Jason Shackelford, and he is the vice president of a product called Icy Breeze. Need to beat the heat this summer? We might have something right up your alley at 9.35. Then we'll move to the second hour. At 10.14, Sam's Club, reserve grand champ, pitmaster of Big B's Down and Dirty, to recap the RGC effort, Bill Souza, pitmaster extraordinaire, will help me recap the event this past weekend. And helping me close the show tonight as we continually go back and forth over. Is show karma real? Is show karma not real? I don't know. All I know is that the next guy at 1035 came on this show last week at 1014 to recap his win at the Santa Anita barbecue event which is now two weeks past, this past weekend went to Havasu Landing, California, promptly GC'd a game back-to-back. Show Karma continues to live on. Mike Lindley from Smoke and Moe's Barbecue will rejoin quickly to recap the big win and more importantly talk about how coming on the show leads to winning Big barbecue events after you've been on the show. What have we said time and time again? Come on the show on a Tuesday. Go compete over the weekend upcoming. Guaranteed victory. Absolutely. It never doesn't not work. <laughs> Matt Boer and I are communicating through email because he's not friends with me on the Facebook. I accept everybody. I don't ask for friendship from anybody on Facebook, but I will, re- I will accept your friend requests, he said, hey, why don't you post about the show on the Facebooks? And I said, I post every week on Tuesday about what's coming up on the show. If you don't get the newsletter, the second best way is to friend me up on the Facebooks. Slash Greg dot Rempe, R-E-M-P-E. That's all you have to do. And then he linked it up. He's like, shows is unavailable. I said, good chance. We're not friends. Uh-oh. He said, yeah, I guess not. Cuts deep. That cuts deep almost as much as my Eagles taking your leftovers. Miles Austin, you can take Actually, given the fact of what we have in the wide receivership-ness, give me them back. I need them, everybody. Bob Trudnack, Jason Shackelford, Bill Souza, Mike Lindley, your lineup for this evening. All right, as I had just mentioned, something about social medias. 
Uh, make a Facebook post, get on the Twitter, let everybody know the show's happening, a couple different links, outdoorcookingchannel.com, the longtime video syndication partner of the show. You can send them to the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, for all of your audio needs. And, of course, if you have the uh, Internet protocol like Roku, you can download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app on Roku in the App Store, and then you're off and running to watch not only the live feed but a host of other archive shows to include this one. You can subscribe to the audio replays of the show on the iTunes. I have a YouTube page for video replays as well. So there's really never any reason why you should ever miss anything as it relates to the show ever. Most importantly, let's get right down to it. Only a few days left to get me on the nomination ballot for this year's Barbecue Hall of Fame. How we doing, y'all? I've said it before, I've said it again, and I've gotten a, well, maybe a more than a smattering of blind copied-in emails from folks. For instance, my friend Chad Warner wrote this letter. Hello, I'd like to nominate Greg Rempe of the Barbecue Central Show for the celebrity-slash-humanitarian category of the Hall of Fame. Greg hosts the Barbecue Central Show live every week, almost for the last eight years, has single-handedly brought competition and backyard barbecue to tens, if not hundreds, of thousands of barbecue enthusiasts such as myself. I can't think of another barbecue celebrity or humanitarian that is as dedicated to the art and sport of barbecue as Greg is, that puts forth the effort of showing that dedication by planning and hosting a live show for two hours each and every week. Thank you for your consideration. Signed, Chad Warner. And Chad Warner, I have to say thank you, my friend, for listening to the show. Longtime friend of the show. Even gave me a great show idea, which I'll be using here in the next few weeks. That's what I'm talking about. Blind copy me in. Here's the email address. And I'm asking you to do this. Write a letter to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. For nom- they were asking for nominations. Who do you think should be nominated for Barbecue Hall of Fame? I said, let's get after it. Grassroots movement. Who hasn't done it yet? Most of you haven't done it yet. You rat bastards. I put myself out on the line for you each and every Tuesday for two hours. 120 straight minutes. Almost every week. And I ask you to do one thing, and you won't go and type up a nice little letter. It doesn't have to be paragraph upon paragraph telling everybody what a great person I am in the world of barbecue and grilling. I don't want that. Just something that nominates me. And then copy me in. The email address is bbq at americanroyal.com. bbq at americanroyal.com. Patrick Paquette is in from the basic Patrick team. Good to see you, Patrick. So hurry up. Because all of your nominations must be received by April 3rd. That's literally four days from now. Tomorrow's April 1st. That's not April Fool's. It's for real. So only a couple more days left. Please get me on the nominate. Won't it be just substantially satisfying when I'm standing up on the dais of the barbecue, the 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame with my black apron standing next to my fellow inductees, looking at past inductees like Ray Lampy and Myron Mixon, posthumously at Henry Ford and uh, George Stevens and all of these people that are great. Mike Mills, the likes of, not posthumous, Mike Mills is still alive, living legend. Finally, I get my just due and respect to rub shoulders and hobnob and otherwise 
be Tom Fuladnish with these people in Barbecue Hall of Fame fashion. We only have a couple days left. The speech that I will make will be impressive to say the least. <laughs> to say the least, it will be impressive. And I could be understating it. I would craft a speech that, of course, I would commit to memory because I wanted to make it sound like I'm coming off off the top of my head, but I would have something well-crafted. So if you haven't done it yet, we have only a few short days to get everybody involved and on the train, send your emails nominating me for the Barbecue Hall of Fame celebrity-slash-humanitarian portion, bbq at americanroyal.com. Don't let it slip. We, I'm not going to be able to remind you again next week because at that point, it will be closed. No! You don't want to be the one that cost me being nominated in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, do you? I should think not. I know where you live. Whoever gets me on the nomination ballot, I will mention you in the speech. How about that? Shout out. All right, public service announcement from my barbecue brother, Stephen DeFranco and Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. I'm actually headed there tomorrow to grab my grandfather's ring. It is finally done under complete repair, and I will show it to you next Tuesday when it's back on my finger, which is now laid vacant for three weeks. Father's Day coming soon. Mother's Day coming sooner. Number of different holidays. You need to get on the Stephen DeFranco bandwagon. First, hit the website. StephenDeFranco.com. Then dial them up once you find what you like. 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. Tell them you're a barbecue brother or sister. Tell them you listen to the show each and every week. And I'm telling you to call in, ask for Steve. Say, hey, I found this watch or I'm looking for an engagement ring. And I need you to ask me the right question so I can make sure I have my stuff together. And watch Steve go to work. He's going to ask you a bunch of great questions. He's not going to try and push you into something that you don't want. He's going to get something that fits your budget, but also fits the emotion that you are trying to convey. Quivers in the uh, arrows in the quiver, as they say. You don't want to go to some big box store in the mall and have some snot-nosed punk with a suit off the rack looking to talk you up three, four different carrot sizes in a ring because he's looking to line his pockets with your cash. Forget about that. We want something that works with you. It's not only in it for the sale today, but for a lifetime. Building customers for a lifetime. It's one of the unofficial mottos of Stephen DeFranco, and I urge you to check him out. StephenDeFranco.com, the website, 440-943-2700. Call Steve and ask for him directly. You'll be happy that you did. All right, we're back with Bob Trudnack and Brian Cohen from Bespoke Bacon. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. I'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempey. All right, welcome back to 16-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your two ways to get in touch with me. So did you see fit? This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Manufacturers, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. How about a medium-sized cooker because you don't have a huge family? They got you covered there, too. Something to take on the tailgates? Yeah, got one of those, too. You can also supply yourself with pellets. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love mine. You'll love yours as well, I swear to God. Great folks over at Green Mountain Grills. Especially if you like the, uh, the pellet stuff, right? Gotta love Green Mountain Grills. All right. My first guest tonight is an accomplished and championship award-winning barbecue pitmaster, a barbecue sauce and rub maker, and the VP of sales and marketing for the longest-running sponsor of this show. And now he's gotten into something that, quite frankly, everybody loves. It's something that has been raging across the country for decades, if not generations. That, of course, bacon. So let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome back... Longtime friend of this show, Bob Trudnack, for joining us. Bob, how are you, buddy? Good, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Bob. I understand we also have um, Brian Cohen from Bespoke Bacon. That's great. That's great. How you doing? Brian! Yeah, man. Great to have you guys. <laughs> Brothers and pork and fat, no doubt. Uh, Brian, first of all, <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is the company, is it Bespoke or Bespoke? I want to make sure I'm uh, pronunciating it right. It's, it's bespoke, but most people pronounce it bespoke, and either way, it's spelled the same way, so that works for us. All right. Well, if nothing, I pride myself on my enunciation skills, as Bob would attest to. So it is uh, Brian Cohn from Bespoke Bacon. All right, so uh, a couple different places that we can go here tonight, and I guess the obvious question is Bob Trudnack is well-known uh, in creating and helping create and bring technology and devices that make the barbecue and grilling life a little bit easier. Uh, of course, with the uh, barbecue guru pit temperature control devices, the cookers that they have, I mean, they're creating everything each and every day. All of us, then he gets into the rub and then he gets into the sauce. He's wildly successful there. So it's what logical that the next thing you're going to do is team up with somebody in bacon. And, and now we're off and running with that. So Bob, I guess uh, the, the question is to you first, where does the need or the niche to feel uh, uh, the fill of bacon come with you? Well, I'll tell you, Greg, I cook a lot with bacon. <laughs> uh, I'm very fortunate enough to have the bespoke bacon guys local to me. Um, they're within a mile of my place. So well, I'm always using their bacon in my ingredients, and they're using my sauce and rub to promote their bacon. Uh, and it was just a natural kind of relationship and we decided to put them together to make this alpha bacon brian did you approach bob and say hey i love your sauces and your rubs and the fact that you're a championship award-winning pit master and, and we should do something together as it relates to bacon or uh, was it the other way around or how does the the relationship start to spark so I, would, I would definitely say that that bob's skill had a whole lot to do with us reaching out to him and he's been really helpful to us as we've been 
getting our company up and off the ground over the last couple of years with the advice. So when it over the over the the last couple of years, as he's been using our bacon, but once he had the rub available, it just seemed like a natural fit that we try and do something that uh, you know kind of breaks bacon out of the mold and uses his rub in a way that that a lot of people might not be accustomed to. Bob Trudnak and Brian Cohen joining me. Uh, Bob, obviously from the Barbecue Guru, and Brian is Bespoke Bacon. Uh, Bob, how long did it take, I guess, from you know start to finish? Uh, obviously, when you're dealing in the, the, the normal day job, there's a lot of research and development and testing and different versions before something's brought to market. I would imagine something similar is taking place uh, on the food side. Where did you guys start, and, and how did you come to a product that everybody was happy with to then bring to market? Well, I think Brian could talk about this a little more, but you know, there's a whole brining process that takes place and smoking and seasoning process. And I don't I think they've been doing it so well for, for a few years now that I don't think it was that much of a challenge for them to get it right pretty quickly. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I mean there the the challenge I think with doing anything with a barbecue rub is that there's naturally a certain amount of salt and sugar that's already within a rub and and figuring out how much is in there and then how much more we need in order to make it so the bacon's not too salty or not too sweet. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge, and it really didn't take us too long because we've we've kind of been playing around with with this flavor line before. Uh, and and Bob, we've been fortunate fortunate enough where Bob has set us up with some early drafts of his alpha rub that we kind of played around with. So I, I would say that the, the whole process probably took a few months to really get together. But when we finally put our our heads together to to push forward on the actual product, it really came together in a couple of weeks. Brian, if I could maybe back out, and I apologize maybe for not asking this question up front, but how do you get into the bacon business, and is it something that you do uh, full-time, or is it like a uh, a passion hobby that you're hoping to, to grow into something full-time down the road? It's, it's not full-time yet, but if you ask my wife, she would probably mm. tell you that it's taking <laughs> too much time, because it's really something that's gone from uh, you know a couple of days a week, weekends, and events to, to taking up a lot of my time, and the way we got into it, as Bob mentioned before, we're, we're local. We're, we're not only local to Bob, uh, but my business partners are, are actually my neighbors, my next-door neighbors. And they're like, all good ideas come together. We're sitting on the back porch drinking a couple of beers, thinking about what kind of foods we haven't put in the smoker lately. And the topic of bacon came up. And, you know, Providence has a lot to do with it. I used to work in a smokehouse. My other partner, Kevin, used to uh, uh, work in food service as well. And we came up with some ideas for bacon just to give it away to friends. And next thing you know, people are raving about it. We figured we might be onto an idea. Is there any apprehension getting into a market where there just seems to be quite a selection to choose from, uh, not only in the supermarket, but, of course, you get on the Internet and then anything's available? Uh, was there any trepidation when you got into that that you might be uh, getting into a market that is uh, somewhat saturated at this point? I don't, I don't think so. And there, there were a couple of advantages that we had. One, we're not paying our mortgage with, with this business. So you really get a lot of freedom to do whatever the heck you want and what you think pays well. Um, but the, the other thing is that most people statistically do not have a brand preference. If you ask people if they like bacon, the rare person will say no. Most people will say yes. But if you ask them what brand bacon they like, they'll say whatever is buy one, get one free. 
So that told us that there's probably much like uh, the craft beer growth that you see going on right now, people are as passionate about bacon as they are about good beer, and yet nobody really could tell you a good bacon brand. So we thought that there was possibly a, a, a market um, gap that wasn't being filled by an artisan bacon company, and I think we've proved over the last couple of years it's there. Bob Trudnack and Brian Cohen joining me th- tonight. Bob Trudnack, obviously from the Barbecue Guru, and Brian from Bespoke Bacon. Uh, Bob, if I could ask you in regards to you know making a relationship with an artisan bacon producer, and it seems to be going very well. Obviously, uh, the Alpha Rub Bacon is out now. Is there a particular website that people can go as we're listening tonight that maybe they want to jump on? some of the alpha rub bacon or uh, is that going to be made available to sale to the general public if it isn't currently? Uh, it is, it is going to be made available to the general public. Actually, if you go to bespokebacon.com, you'll find it there. Yeah. yeah if you just go to our web store, um, you can follow the links to our web store from bespokebacon.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bespoke bacon. There's a link directly to our order, our, our actual web store. Um, but if you want to go right to it, you can also go to shop.bespokebacon.com. And the Alpha Rub Bacon is right there on the front page of that store. Bob, as I had mentioned, you uh, have seen a bunch of success on the competition trail over the years uh, with your products, with the cookers, uh, now with bacon at your, uh, at your uh, arsenal as well. How do you like to use Bespoke Bacon, or what are some of your favorite uses for this bacon, not only at home, but... Uh, how do you see yourself working with it at competitions, if at all? Well, I can tell you at home, I think I would wrap everything I can find in bacon. <laughs> my uh, my son, Mighty Mitch, here is with me tonight, and um, he's a he's a bacon freak. Aren't you, Mitch? Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think of bespoke alpha bacon? Awesome. Yeah, Mitch! Number one mouthpiece of bespoke bacon and the alpha rub. Mitch, uh, what, so, what's your favorite food to eat uh, in bacon, like wrapped up in bacon? Um, more bacon. Yes, that is the right answer, sir. Bob, you got a hot one on your hands there. Watch out. Um, I know, he's wild. Yeah, but so. Listen, yeah, you know, I, I, I tr- I'm trying recipes every weekend. You know, I get a, the family's trying it, the neighbors are trying it, um, I, we do a lot of ABTs for catering, so we're wrapping the jalapeno peppers. Oh, yeah. I'll take – a lot of times I'll get slab baking uh, from Bespoke instead of getting it sliced, and I'll, and I'll roast the whole slab at about 300 degrees until it hits about 160, 170, and I'll cube it. And when I cube it, I season it with the alpha rub and put it in a pan back in the smoker so you get these little crispy – cubes of bacon they're very tender and and juicy inside and they're just one of the most wonderful things you can eat it sounds like it's something that would be akin to uh, what brisket produces with uh, burnt ends mm, exactly yeah, the wow. bacon burnt end oh my god the next best thing that might be something you want to turn in with your pork box right well you never know probably hi- probably highly illegal <laughs> you separated that pork sir you can't do that uh, Brian, let me ask you something. Uh, you've you've teamed up with Bob. You are you know now on a roll with Alpha Rub Bacon. Are there other products that you two are now 
uh, potentially commiserating on and, and thinking about bringing to market, or is is growth always kind of a demonstrative and a and a, and a slow pattern to ensure success? Well, I, I I think it's both. I mean, you can't get two guys like Bob and I together at a table even before we joined the show. We're sitting here talking about some of the things we'd like to make or eat or experiment with, and there's always some stuff that we're we're formulating, but. Um, the, the good thing is that until we feel it's really, truly ready for, for the market, you know, we keep working on refining it. Right now we have the bacon. We'll probably work on a couple of other things. Um, we're talking about maybe doing some, some unique, more Italian charcuterie, but uh, I think the bacon is really, we want to see this grow and, and become a little bit more consistent before we branch out elsewhere. Brian, if I could get a little bit uh, bacon nerdy with you and have you pull back that uh, curtain, if you will, what's your process of, of making bacon? Is there anything uh, you know special? Obviously, I'm not asking you to share any trade secrets, but as far as things that set your bacon apart from you know the, uh, the, the unwashed bacons that you see, not literally unwashed, but just the amount of other bacon that's on the shelves right now, what, uh, what's the process and what, what do you think really sets yours apart? Well, there's, there's a few things. So um, most of the bacon you get in the store is injected with a, with a brine, and that speeds up the curing process and makes it so they can turn it around within about 48 hours. But, of course, when you cook it, it pops a lot because it's losing water, and that's also why the bacon shrivels. So that's, uh, we follow a dry cure process, much like what Bob will do with any of his pork or beef. The ingredients, the cure itself is applied on the outside, and we use our ingredients for the flavors as part of that cure. So it starts to really um, get the flavors into the meat as it gets water out. But our process takes us about 10 days versus two days or so at the store. But on top of that, there's a few things that we really try and follow. Number one, we only use, we use local pork. Um, all of it is pre-pastured. It is um, antibiotic-free. It is hormone-free. Um, we make sure that it's heritage-free pork, so it's your, your classic English breed. The salt that we use is a Himalayan sea salt. The sugar that we use is a muscovado sugar. So every step along the way, we're trying to make sure that we keep as all-natural and as unique in the process as we can. Brian, when you're bringing this to market, and as you said, you've seen with craft beer the growth that there has been, you know, over the last three, four, five years, and obviously there's an associated cost with that craft beers, you know, on a six pack. I'm just throwing out a, a number, but you know, they're eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve dollars a six pack versus six dollars or, or ten dollars for a thirty pack of Coors Light, which is, of course, my favorite. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I mean, I imagine bacon has to be the same way as you said a little bit earlier. You ask people what their favorite bacon is, and it's two for one, or you know, buy two get two free, or whatever the the case may be. So, uh, what kind of a, of a price point do you look at for your bacon versus what you would normally see? And has there been any static as far as that's concerned getting into that market initially? It's it's pretty rare. I mean, our bacon is normally twelve dollars a pound. We have a special going on for the alpha bacon or the alpha rub bacon right now at only eight dollars a pound, which is an absolute steal. Yeah. Because if you go into the supermarket, you you'll see major name brands now around the seven ninety nine a pound for something that's nitrate and, and nitrite free, uh, heritage free pork like what we offer. We're actually on the low end of the pricing scale. Um, I've seen a lot of bacons that are that are brand themselves sort of similar to what we do, 
that are up around the $18 to $19 a pound range. And ours only comes in at about 12 So we're, we're a heck of a lot cheaper. Occasionally, we encounter somebody who, who says, $12 a pound? Wow, that's a lot. But that probably tells me they're not paying attention to how much they can actually cost when they walk into the store. Because right now, it's in the 650 to 799 a pound range. All right, so if you go to bespokebacon.com and you click on the link to get the alpha rub bacon, as you said, right now it's sitting at $8 a pound. Uh, is there any minimum mm-hmm. to order? And I guess most importantly, how long does the special run before it might bunk back up to $12 a pound? We're going to run a special for the rest of the week. Um, and, you know, hopefully as, as, as long as orders continue, we're going to keep that special going for at least the end of the week. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, so far the orders have been off the shelf. I mean, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. I think it's it's been more than either of us ever thought that it would be. And we thank each and every person who who made a purchase for for this bespoke alpha bacon. We really do appreciate it. If I order five pounds and I get five pounds into the house, and I'm not going to eat all five pounds. I mean, I know. Hard to believe, but just in case I don't eat all five pounds at once, what's the best way to hold to enjoy later? But it's, it's, the great thing about the bacon, the alpha bacon, is it's going to be sealed in a one-pound pack. Bacon freezes extremely well because of the high fat content. So if you wanted to just throw a couple of pounds in your fridge, but then put the rest in the freezer, it will, it will keep for about six months, and it falls out quickly. Wow. So just pull it out, you know, when you need it or before the weekend, and it will fall out on the counter in about 20, 25 minutes. Bob, let me uh, turn it around to you real quick uh, as far as the competition scene is concerned. Uh, What do you have lined up for 2015 on the the competition circuit? Uh, Well, my season's just getting started. Um, I I went down to Texas to the Shotgun Fred event and actually judged the event and taught a class. Uh, So that was kind of weird not competing in a barbecue contest. (laughs) Uh, I went down to Georgia um, pick up a new trailer and a uh, barbecue smoker and did the event down there in Bainbridge. And then I have, you know, one or two a month coming up. I'll be in uh, Green Lane, Pennsylvania, Harrington, Delaware at the Triple Threat. Uh, we have Bespoke Bacon's actually going to be right beside me at Green Lane. Um, Wildwood, New Jersey, uh, New Holland, Pennsylvania. So, and then the Sam's Club Tour. So we have a lot coming up. Bob Trudnack is the pitmaster of the Barbecue Guru, also uh, doing the sales and the marketing over there, thebbqguru.com. And uh, Brian Cohen is with Bespoke Bacon. That's uh, just like it sounds, bespokebacon.com. Everybody, if you like the bacon, go now and hook it up before the end of the week. Get the $8 a pound special on the Alpha Rub Bacon. Uh, Gents, appreciate the time tonight and the insight and continued success on both ends. Thanks, Greg. All right, guys. Take care. There they are. Bob Trudnack and Brian Cohen from uh, Bespoke Bacon talking about uh, his line of bacon. And he's absolutely right. If you go into the market anymore, and even like the crap bacon, like Oscar Mayer or whatever big name brand. I mean, anything that's fairly big named right now is sitting at six, seven bucks a pound. You're lucky if you can get some on sale, but I agree. I finally found Wright Brothers brand bacon and Giant Eagle, and that is $8 a pound. Absolutely. $8 a pound all day long. 
and uh, could potentially sniff higher than that, depending on where you are in the country. But how about Bob's idea of getting the slab bacon, right? Get the slab bacon and make the similar idea of uh, the brisket burn ends with the slab bacon. Oh, sounds good. All right, gang, if you are like me, you're always trying to think of the ways to step up the barbecue and grilling game. Of course, no better or easier way than by adding a little butcher barbecue to that arsenal. And now the personal testimonials start to roll in from me. Because now two weeks headlong into the trials and not tribulations of Butcher Barbecue's newest product, Grilling Oils. I'm hooked. I'm addicted. I got to use it all the time on everything. I did chicken thighs on the grill, which I was going to talk about uh, also on the grill grate review portion. But I want to see how it's going to react, how it's going to flavor, if it's going to over flavor. I'm always continually adding it as we're cooking to see if at some point, hey, the too much too much butter there or that didn't help keep some moisture around or didn't add anything to the overall cooking experience and I haven't found it yet. It is performing as advertised. And again, the best part of using the Butcher Barbecue grilling oil is not only the exceptional flavors that it comes in, butter, chipotle, and steakhouse, but, but it's on the shelf. I never don't see it. So whenever I'm cooking, if I need butter or if I need tomorrow, what's on the test thing for tomorrow? Grilled cheese. I'm not going to use butter. I'm going to heat up some grilling oil in a pan, drop the bread down, build a sandwich, flip it over, get the grilling oil there, see how we do with grilled cheese. This could replace butter for me almost on everything. Dump it in popcorn now with some sea salt. It's absolutely phenomenal. I put it on hamburgers while I'm cooking. I put it on my grilled hearts of romaine grilled lettuce. I've juiced up both chicken thighs and chicken wings. I coat them in the grilling oil and then season them. And then as they're cooking, I'll drizzle a little bit of cooking oil at the top. And then when I did steaks, as they came off, I hit them with a little bit of grilling oil to get everything kind of lay down and settle in, put a nice little coat over the top of it. (laughs) Folks, you're missing out, quite frankly, if you don't have them now. Go to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And get grilling oil right now. Uh, my favorite, because I'm a butter guy, is butter. But I've done the steakhouse. I've done the chipotle. Chipotle actually adds just a tiny bit of heat, too, depending on how you're using. So if you like a little bit of heat, you like that chipotle flavor, it's going to be right up your alley. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. I can't recommend grilling oils enough. Get them in the bigger quantities right now. Just do it right off the bat. You'll thank me later. All right, we're back with Jeff Shackelford right after this. Stick around. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Bob Trudnack and Brian Cohen for joining me last segment, talking just a schmidge of the barbecue guru and quite a bit of bespoke bacon. 
All right, while you would never know it here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, at some point sooner than later, it's going to get hot. The cop trails are going to be ablaze. The catering jobs are going to be smoldering. You're going to need a way to beat the heat, especially if you don't have one of those $100,000 campers or more to pull along with you. My next guest might just have the thing to help you out this summer. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, the VP of a product called Icy Breeze, Jason Shackelford, joining me here on the show. Jason, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous, Jason. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight. And I guess before we get into the product, which is obviously paramount to the segment tonight, uh, maybe a little bit of background about yourself and uh, you know what you've been in professionally, and we'll kind of transition from there. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It is, it is so far away from portable personal air conditioning, uh, at least starting anyway. Um, I graduated from college with a degree in broadcasting. Spent about 13 years as a sports anchor for an NBC affiliate in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then spent the last two years of my career reporting for a national television show um, called The List. Uh, and that's that's pretty much my career in a nutshell, covering everything from the U.S. Opens and the NCAA tournament and the BS or BCS championship game. Uh, so uh, pretty crazy where I started from where I am now, uh, where I'm the vice president of sales and marketing for a company called Icy Breeze. Jason, before we get into Icy Breeze, uh, three-second uh, dissertation on if anybody can beat Kentucky men's basketball this year. No chance. No chance? No chance. Agreed. They are incredible. <laughs> Um, all right, so how does one transition from the anchor desk, uh, whether it be locally or nationally, and get into being the, the VP of sales and marketing for Icy Breeze? Well, a buddy of mine that I ride motorcycles with, I'm a huge motor, motorcycle enthusiast, and we ride a crazy sport called Trials. And uh, a buddy of mine that I ride with, uh, he's a pretty smart guy, uh, took a company public back in the mid-2000s, and uh, you know, did quite well for himself, uh, he came up with this product called Icy Breeze, and another product uh, for the GoPro camera, uh, and he was basically starting two companies at the same time, one was called Killer Shot, the other being Icy Breeze, <clears throat> and this guy was always wanting to go out and ride motorcycles at different places, and he'd say, Shaq, uh, why don't you come ride with me today, and I'm like, I'd love to, but I've got to work. And, you know, a couple weeks later, hey, why don't you come ride with me today? I'm like, ah, I'd love to, but again, I've got to work. I'm like, hey, we've got to find you a job where you don't have to work so much. So uh, he kind of put his money where his mouth was. And a few, a few years later, when he was looking for a video person and kind of a spokesperson for his two businesses, he uh, offered me a job. And I'm like, man, what what better way to to take a career turn than go work for one of your really good buddies that you enjoy riding motorcycles? So he offered me a job. And, uh, took it, and we realized that I was capable of some other things than just making videos for the companies and uh, talk to people pretty well, and so they moved me into sales and marketing, and that's kind of where I stay now. Uh, Jason, unrelated, I also want a job that I really like and don't really have to work a lot at. Can I have one of those, too? Are you giving those out like hotcakes? Yeah, that, that's the ultimate job, right? Now, I know most people think, why would you leave a career in sportscasting after 15 years? That gets pretty old. Uh, however, what I do now is I pretty much, because we have this new product, 
and we have to introduce it to people. Now, this is a product that there's not another one like it. So it's not like you're selling furniture where another store is going to have a couch very similar. We have a product that no one's ever heard of or seen, so it's my job to kind of educate the country on what the icy breeze is. So the company bought me a motorhome back in December, and I am traveling the country going from boat show to boat show showing people what this product is. And so I spent about 55 nights this year uh, in a motorhome and Walmart parking lots all over the country uh, traveling around showing people this product everywhere from Miami, Florida to Long Beach, California. Um, it is quite an adventure. Jason Shackle for joining me here on the show. Uh, we're talking about the product Icy Breeze. If you want to check it out here while we're chatting it up, I-C-Y, icybreeze.com is the website. I'm kind of showing it up on the video side of things as well while we're talking here, Jason. So what's the, or is there, a target market that Icy Breeze is looking to collect out of the gate? Well, yes. Initially, when we came up with the product, we, put it into, uh, we got the manufacturing wrapped up on it. We thought that the outdoorsman is going to love this. The, the guy that likes to tent camp, or the guy that is sitting around the, you know, the campfire or whatever. Uh, it's got to be the perfect guy tool. It, it, great for boating, great for the beach, great for the patio, the tailgate. All these things we kind of identify. Your sports, we've got to be perfect for your sports, whether it's in the dugout or, or cooling mom off while she's sitting in the stands. Uh, but what we have found is there are so many other places out there where people just don't want to be hot. And that is across the board. That's everything from the guy running the, the barbecue pit to the mom out cutting flowers in the garden. People just hate being miserably hot. And we finally have a solution where we can cool people down in the great outdoors. All right, Jason. So for the folks that are listening on the audio stream only, obviously the people that are watching on the video side have uh, the benefit of seeing the pictures and kind of conceptualizing in their head what this thing is. But can you paint a picture of what this thing looks like, and then, I guess, more importantly, how it actually operates and, and how it keeps you cool when it's hot? Sure. Well, we we make this start to finish in Big Speed, Oklahoma. That's where our factory is. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, well, this is an ice chest uh, that you bought someplace else and you put a lid on it. Well, that's not really the case. We make the cooler from start to finish in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <clears throat> and what it looks like is a standard 38-quart cooler. Uh, we all had them, you know, whether our parents had them growing up and they threw them in the car when we went to the lake or a picnic, you know, and we've seen igloos and Coleman's our whole lives. And we just look right past it. Well, imagine this, uh, the standard old 38-port cooler, about the size that, that we had growing up. And what we have is in the top of the lid, there's a, there's a hose that comes out of the top of the lid and it kind of fits into another little fitting on the other side of the lid. But that, foe, that hose will actually pull out, and it's a flexible hose, uh, similar to what you might use on a shop vac. And that hose, when it comes out, you can point it in any direction, and it kind of stays there. And I'll kind of get into how it works. But what's going to happen is ice-cold air is going to come out of that hose in whatever direction you want to point it. Now, the way it works is just like every 38-quart cooler we've ever seen, there's a little bit of water in the bottom of it, ice-cold water. It happens from uh, ice melting over time, and you've always got a little bit of water in the cooler. 
Well, what we want to do is we want to start with two quarts of water. What we're doing is we're pouring two quarts of water inside the tub of the 38-quart cooler, and there is a small submersible pump kind of built into the sidewall of the cooler. And that little tiny pump is going to pump the ice-cold water, as you can imagine, up the side of the cooler into a radiator that is attached to the bottom side of the lid. And this radiator is, I'm guessing, about three and a half inches by three and a half inches, something like that. Yeah. The radiator is brass. So you can imagine what happens when you put ice-cold water in something like brass. It gets really, really cold. So the water goes through the fins of that radiator or a heat exchanger, and then it goes right back down into the cooler. Right next to the same tube that pumped it up, it goes right back down, and the, the pump just recirculates the ice-cold water from the bottom of the cooler. Now, go back up to the top of the lid where that radiator is. On the back side of that radiator attached is a three-speed fan. So once that radiator is super cold from the ice-cold water, it's pulling the air from the cooler through the ice-cold radiator and now blowing out of that flexible tubing in whatever direction you want. So that's kind of the crux of, of how the cooling system works. So then for the people that don't, that haven't felt this before, it will blow a 35, it'll blow a 25 mile an hour wind, 35 to 40 degrees below the outside temperature. So if you're dealing with a hundred degree day, it's capable of blowing air 60 to 65 degrees, which feels amazing. And this is just uh, done right in the open, and you can point it at you, or you can have it in a, a easy-up canopy, or, or pretty much wherever you want to take it with you. It's portable and can go with you. Absolutely. Most portable air conditioners, we've seen them before, they roll around. You still have to vent it out. It has a compressor. They have Freon. The Icy Breeze has none of that. You don't have to vent it out because we're not using Freon or a chemical. All we're using is the ice-cold water as a cooling agent. So we're not even kicking out heat in any direction. The ice-cold water goes up through the radiator and right back down. Even the condensation that forms on the radiator drips right back down into the cooler. Any other air conditioner has to be vented out, whether it's through a door or a window or a hole in the wall or the side of a tent or something like that. And it's also going to drip water. This doesn't. You could put it in a coffin and you'd be breathed just fine if you weren't dead. But you can put it inside your tent, in the cab of an uh, automobile or a cockpit of an airplane. So many applications where you could use the isomers. Jason, as far as power, is this something you need to have plugged in in order to operate? Is it battery-powered? How does that portion of it work? Uh, yes, to all of the above. There are three ways to power the icy breeze. Every single unit comes with a rechargeable 12-volt battery, it's built into the lid. And that battery is capable of running the unit up to six and a half hours on the low setting. On the high setting, it's going to run somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half hours. And that's where it's going to blow a 25 mile an hour breeze. We also have packages that run off your 12 volt system in your, either your boat or your car or your RV. So you plug it right into a cigarette lighter. It's a 10 foot long cord. So you can get the unit kind of away from the power source if you want to put it down in the cutty cabin of a boat. Or say you've got it, you know, running off the uh, your truck when you're out at the, at the barbecue, and you need to get the unit away from you a little bit so you can, or away from the vehicle so you can, you know, let it blow the ice cold air on you. Different long cord for the 12 volt. We also have a package that plugs into a standard 110 wall outlet. So 
pretty much any instance where you would need it, we've got it. Whether you have 12-volt power from your car, 110 power from your wall outlet, or you don't have any power at all and you just got to use the battery. We have you covered. And, of course, uh, the most important thing, uh, at least for the centralites, is a price point and, uh, you know, is it one size fits all? Uh, it is uh, yes and no. It's a, Every unit is a standard 38-quart cooler and air conditioner. Every unit comes with a rechargeable battery and a charger, okay? But there are four packages, depending on your use. If you know you're going to use it in your... Uh, automobile traveling with your pet and you're probably never going to take it out of your, your car but when you go in and eat at a restaurant and you leave Fido in the car you know you want to keep them nice and cool you're probably just going to want to use the uh, second tier package which we call the Flurry and that package has the 12 volt endless power supply and it retails for 375 now the first package which consists of just the cooler, the battery, and the charger, that package starts at $349. Okay, so we've got $349, $375. Our most popular package is called the Blizzard package. It's the cooler, the battery, the charger, the 12-volt endless power supply, and a 110 endless power supply. That package sells for $395. And then our fourth package is kind of geared toward small... Uh, Pilots of small aircraft. Uh, most Cessnas don't have air conditioners, and when the guys are on the ground getting ready to take off, in the summertime, it can be extremely hot yeah. on the runway and the hangar on the tarmac. And we sell a package that has everything the Blizzard has, the charger, the 12-volt, the 110. But this package also comes with a wired remote control, so you can turn it on and off with your thumb. And it also has a four-foot hose extension, so you can get that cold breeze just a little bit, bit closer to you. Well, so it sounds like there's a package for everybody ranging 349 uh, and just a little bit up. And again, the most popular one sitting at uh, 395. Again, this is Jason Shackelford, the VP Sales and Marketing and then uh, Road Warrior making his way around the country to uh, Walmart <laughs> to tell everybody about the great stuff that Icy Breeze is uh, bringing in. Um, where are you going to be at over the next handful of days, Jason, in case some of the listeners are going to be around and want to uh, check it out? Show, I'm on my way to uh, Biloxi, Mississippi for the Gulfport Yacht and Boat Show. And I believe it starts April 9th through 12th. From there, I head down to uh, Lakeland, Florida, for an event called the Sun and Fun Fly-In, which is a gigantic, I guess, almost kind of air show. It's new to me, but uh, I know it's a big deal for uh, the small aircraft, and so we're excited to go down and, and introduce a new market to the icy breeze. We've done really, really well at the boat shows. Uh, but we're super excited to introduce it to the uh, to the pilots. Absolutely. Uh, Jason Shackelford from Icy Breeze. Jason, appreciate the time, man. Continued success. Hey, thank you guys so much. You got it. There he is. Jason Shackelford with Icy Breeze. Uh, maybe next time, Jason, will buy a new phone. Figure they buy you a uh, RV to tool around the country, and maybe they want to give you a phone that works. Oh, my God. Get that big stuff out of here. That's all right. The information was good, if nothing else. IcyBreeze.com, I-C-Y, Breeze. If we're comparing... Hold on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. If we're comparing what is now becoming a new niche market of personal 
cooling devices, right? You have something like an Icy Breeze, which is a cooler that you fill it with ice, as he said, you know, isn't kicking up heat, isn't doing anything other than just giving you cool air. Uh, You have to either figure out how you're going to keep the battery charged or you're going to buy multiple batteries. You know, for me, I'm looking at it as if I'm going to be out on a weekend at the softball field and I want to keep cool, this is something that on the peripheral seems like it would be really great for me to bring so me and wife and the kids can get under the the 10 uh, the 10 by 10 the easy up to get out of the sun and then run this thing towards us and, and maybe we get a nice uh, cold breeze to keep the heat away the issue of course is we might have to buy multiple batteries or uh, we're definitely not going to be able to run power down to this thing from uh, you know our car or there's no electrical hookup uh, where we're at on the softball field so there's a little bit of a, of a potential issue for me. I do see it being something easily taken on the patio, but then if you're going to be in a patio and if you have some more money to invest, are you then looking at something like a porta cool that you can actually hook a hose up to a completely, you know, different technology per se um, with, uh, with a porta cool type unit. So the good news is that now there are finally options instead of just sweating your ass off in the heat, right? Options are good. Pills are good. Pills are good. All right, folks, I'm going to talk to you about the Barbecue Guru. We just had them on at 914 talking about bacon. Now I'm going to talk to you about automatic pit temperature control devices. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why in the world would you go anywhere else and buy something like this? I don't know. If you're not familiar with how these... Little Beauty's work. I'm not going to get into the minute detail, but imagine a product that allows you to set pit temperature in one set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through to cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Maybe you are a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids, doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend to pit temperatures. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Guru maintains that potential you set it at. There are currently a number of models to choose from, the ones that we really like to talk about on this show. The entry-level unit, $149, goes on a bunch of different cookers, comes with a bunch of different accessories to get it on a bunch of different cookers. The Party Cube runs on AA batteries, self-contained package. Got to love that. Kind of like the cruise control for your pit. You want something a little bit more technologically inclined, you want to run multiple cookers. You want to get internal temperatures of multiple meats. The CyberQ Wi-Fi is the one you want to go and check out. Now, if you're in the market for a cook, check out the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in backyards all over the country for years. Fully insulated, holds a ton of meat, accommodates half and full pans for food service, and works seamlessly with the Barbecue Guru temperature control devices, all of them. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to this website, thebbqguru.com, and check out all of their products. If you have any questions, oh, my Lord, please give them a call directly, 800-288-GURU. They will make sure that you are outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, the number, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU, or visit the website, thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. 
All right, we are wrapped up. Uh, we're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQGuru.com. Your two ways to get in touch with me if you want to find out anything about the show. Otherwise, hit the main website, thebbqguru.com. Thanks again to Jason Shackelford for joining me from Icy Breeze, icybreeze.com. If you are potentially going to be suffering from heat this summer, or maybe you're just in the south and you're suffering from heat all year round, you're looking for a portable device. The most popular one, ranging in at that $395 mark. A couple different adapters, battery, the charger for the battery, all that good stuff. I want to check it out. If you get one, let me know. I want the review. I'm not going to sit there and shill for one. I'm not going to ask him for one. Come on. I'm also not going to buy one right now. Maybe I will later, but not right now. All right, we're going to reload. When we come back, we'll get into the second hour. We have a bunch of different items to cover at the top. We have two great interviews lined up in the second hour as well. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate Vinci for wiener. But listen, Lavernia, shake a face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Welcome. You have found and now are enjoying the Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. If you... I've been looking for such a show. Sit back, relax, and see what this thing does for you. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. As stated about an hour ago, I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard. 
If you want to jump on tonight, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. If you missed the first hour, shame on you! You can go back and get the archive. It'll be uploaded around 11.55 tonight. You can get it all day tomorrow. And the video archive will be up on the main website as well sooner than later. Still to come on the show tonight, Bill Souza, Big B's down and dirty. Also, Mike Lindley from Smoke and Moe's will be joining us at 1035. So that's what you have to look forward to in regards to interviews left on the show. The 2015 Sam's Club continues to roll out, ladies and gentlemen, getting into Reno, Nevada this past weekend. A local qualifier sending the top six teams to the regional final that will take place in Las Vegas on September 25th. Those teams moving on. Mm. Is that right? Damn it. I don't know if that's right. Get that big stuff out of here. Now I got to race to the KCBS website and double check. I want to give anybody wrong information here. Reno, Nevada, the final is... Sorry, incorrect. Get that big stuff out of here. The Las Vegas Regional taking place April 25th. Yes. Reno, Nevada was where we were at this past weekend. And the top six teams moving on to the regional final in Las Vegas, April 25th. Coming out, GC Fashion. Little team by the name of Team America. And uh, in honor of Team America, we will listen to this. Total power in one person's hands. Not the American way. These damn bills have come out here all the damn time. Come out here in the last second. And I got to try to figure out how to vote for my people. You should be ashamed of yourselves. I'm sick of it. Every year we pass rules that stop each one of us. Enough. I feel like somebody trying to be released from Egypt. Let my people go! That's for Team America winning Grand Champion. Uh Coming up in Reserve Grand, he'll be coming up next on the interview schedule. Big B's down and dirty. Big B's down and dirty. Uh, Third place, Bowling Over Pigs. Fourth place, Rhythm and Q, friend of the show. Fifth place, Smoky Love Barbecue. And then there was a sixth place finisher. Uh, the gap between first and sixth is almost 14 points, so a fairly large gap. Typically, you don't see that. But uh, a a decent-sized gap between one and six. This was a fully jammed-out 30-team fair. So congratulations to all those moving on to the next round. The next Sam's Club event will be this coming weekend, April 4th, in Renton, Washington. Can you believe that tomorrow we are in April? Uh What? And you know if it was April 1st today, I'd be talking about how the show is ending and... 
I'm just kidding. Good luck to all those going to the Pacific Northwest. Good luck to you, everybody. Good luck to you, everybody. Remember the top six move on to the Las Vegas round at the end of the month now, or the end of next month, which is tomorrow. So end of the month, pretty much the end of the month. You know what I'm saying. All right, so I'm going to go off the board here. Typically, I don't do this. I try and keep it barbecue-related. And I'm, uh, it, it, fair warning, I'm no perv. So I have my oldest daughter is, you know, blessed with some pretty substantial athletic ability at her age. She's 13 years old, uh, eighth grader. She's tipping the height measurement scales at uh, five foot, 10 inches and change. So taller than most grown women. She is fit and fiddle could probably kick my ass on a good day if I was taking back a grandpa's old cough medicine and she plays competitive fast pitch softball for a travel team which is fun and exciting we've been doing that for years she's a pitcher she's about you know just shy of 60 miles an hour on the regular on the jugs gun a bunch of different pitches on her command but that's not what I'm talking about also she plays a J.O. volleyball. So I don't know if anybody's out there with daughters uh, that are you know similar in age. I think they start you know pretty early, fourth, fifth grade. Uh, so again, my daughter that is playing is in eighth grade, and there is a disturbing item that goes on each and every event, competition, tournament, what have you. And I'm sure it's it's going in practice. Although I'm not there in practice, but I see it each and every tournament on these weekends. And trust me, you go to a J.O. volleyball tournament, it's like, you know, the best part is it's only one day of the weekend. The worst part, it's all day of the weekend. You show up at 7 in the morning, if you're really good, you're not leaving until 8 o'clock at night after the championship game, which we did a couple weeks ago. I need to know as a dad, as a human, can somebody please tell me why these girls are forced to wear ridiculous spandex shorts. Stop! Is anybody listening to me in competitive volleyball, J.O. volleyball, for girls? There is absolute... And I'm not saying this because I'm a dad of a daughter who's 5'10", and can be wearing these kind of shorts. I'm not... I'm talking about for all of the women and girls and... There is absolutely no reason that you can explain to me that these girls needed GM barbecue. The buzzer is driving me up the wall. What? This buzzer? It's hardly driving anybody up the wall. Come on. You're being ridiculous. There is no reason that these girls need to be wearing these shorts there is nothing in a competitive advantage sense there they are not making them get to the ball faster it's not making them shuffle step any faster it sure as hell isn't making any of them jump any higher hitting the ball any harder bumping the ball up to the setter the setter setting the balls any better because of these shorts it is absolutely ludicrous 
that this is the mandated short that these girls have to wear. There is nothing wrong with them wearing uh, shorts that would be akin to what men's basketball is wearing. But they are so skin tight and so short. And 70% of these girls should not be wearing these shorts. Even in the eighth grade. Let alone older than that. There is nothing competitive or acceptable about this. And nobody is talking about it at these tournaments. And these girls are absolutely insistent on what I'm as I'm I am one hundred percent sure that if somebody told one of these girls, look, you know, you don't have to wear those. What's the first thing coming out of their mouth? Well, everybody else is wearing them. I gotta wear them. And worse than that, the girls that should not be wearing them are packing themselves in to shorts that are maybe a size or two under what they should be wearing. It's even worse. Who's making these girls feel like this? In a completely contradictory sense, don't do anything with women beach volleyball. Leave it the way it is. God wanted me to watch it. All right, folks, if you didn't know... Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue and is the number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major competition barbecue event, including the 2012 and 13 American Royal, the 2012 and 14 Jack Daniels, the 2013 Kingsford Challenge, and the 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, and the 2014 King of the Smoke. Don't think BPS can just be pigeonholed into comp- competition stuff either. BPS has become so well-known, they've picked up nationwide restaurant chain BJ's Restaurant and Brew House with four of the nine rubs featured on their permanent menu and amid glowing reviews BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa also banded together with fellow California based rub maker Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom these two California based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile. The competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top quality meats from Snake River Farms shipped right to your door. From the American Kobe beef, the caribou to pork, the double R ranch meats, Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado, and they're committed to bringing you the best barbecue flavors on the market. For instance, Big Papa has recently added a few new barbecue sauces to the line. How about Swamp Boy's barbecue sauce? A fine swine sauce, Granny's barbecue sauce. These hot new sauces are considered to be the new kids on the block this competition season. Big Papa also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team. It features 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this with only five years of being in the biz turning the competition world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. The website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's bigpapasmokers.com.
Bill Souza out of the gate next. Stick around. We'll be right back. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Matt Boer played really competitive barbecue. Uh, Played really competitive barbecue, and he didn't wear crotch huggers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I mentioned it before in the second take segment. The Sam's Club rolled through good old Reno, Nevada at a local event feeding into the Las Vegas Regional Qualifier taking place at the end of this coming April. And here to recap his... Reserve Grand Championship effort along with the weekend in general. The pitmaster of Big B's Down and Dirty, friend of the show, Bill Souza joining me. Bill, how are you, buddy? Oh, doing good. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Bill. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight. And obviously we have some Sam's Club stuff to recap over this past weekend. Uh, but real quick, uh, I guess if we could, you know, uh, just a, a fresh recap of kind of how you got into barbecue and, and when you decided to make the leap into the competition scene. Oh, yeah. Well, it was back in about 2008. I was, uh, went to a barbecue contest out here in Fairfield. It was, it was, uh, it was the year before they did the first triple. And uh, we ended up saying that we wanted to get in for the next year. And so we sat there and practiced uh, probably about a year long and uh, went out and did that contest. And that was our first contest was the triple. How, how did you do in the first contest? Um, I think we came in like 22nd. So it's not one of those teams that goes in, you win it, and then you're just hooked right away, but you, you did find enough enjoyment in, in 22nd or 23rd place or whatever to be like, yeah, this is something we want to keep doing. Yeah, we, we got a call on chicken on that one. Uh, that was our first call. I, I'd say we were pretty much hooked. Bill Souza joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Big B's Down and Dirty Barbecue. Uh, so I guess I have to ask you, uh, of course, uh, the name Big B's. Uh, obviously the name's Bill, but uh, was there any – other uh, shenanigans and tomfoolery and coming up with that name? Uh, down at Dirty K from just having the family over. Every time we do a practice session, we would have them all eat and people saying, to just let's get down and dirty. There you go. Uh, big B's down and dirty teammate. All right, Bill, so let's go ahead and take a look back at this past weekend. Obviously, the Sam's Club local runs into Reno, Nevada. This feeds into the regional event that'll take place at the end of April. Uh, you pull out a Reserve Grand Championship effort. How did you feel about the cook overall, and uh, was there anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with that maybe you, you weren't planning for this past week? Uh, anything out of the ordinary was probably just the altitude we had to deal with. Uh, it wasn't too cold up there. Um, and the caliber of teams, I mean, look at the teams that were up there. When you talk about altitude, but because I guess... 
traditionally on the show, we're not getting recaps from teams that have been at altitude. You know, every once in a while we'll, we'll do something with Colorado or, you know, some of the other high, uh, higher altitude situations, but we don't normally get to talk too much about altitude. So uh, when you mention it, you know, what do you find to be, uh, you know, potentially frustrating about it? Or perhaps a better question is what do you have to allot for in the cook at altitude that you wouldn't normally? Uh, well, we go through a lot more charcoal and, uh, uh, taking a lot more air to cook and you're going to have a longer cook. So we, we ended up starting earlier by a couple hours at least. Uh, and, um, I mean, our stoker took it over, you know, it ran the fan all night and it did fine. Yeah. I was going to say, do you use any type of a, a pit temperature control device in order to, to kind of make up for the, the lack of overall airflow that you would get otherwise? Yeah. We use the stoker. Stoker user. All right. Uh, Bill Souza joining me. Uh, Big D, Big B's down and dirty. Uh, so as far as your turn-ins go, um, you know, were you happy with everything that turned in? Uh, was it one of those things where you were, you know, maybe just okay with it and, and then the judges like it a little bit better than you? How did that portion of it shake out? Uh, yeah, we, well, we knew our ribs. We knew our ribs were kind of tight. And then with our chicken, we did a whole different chicken this time. So... Uh, like what's, ribs, what's the we big... got what we deserved. We got our tenth place. You know, <laughs> so we knew they were tight. What Had kind of them in anyway? What kind of a, of a chicken change do you do? I mean, typically you don't find, you know, teams deciding to to kind of make a. I don't know if it was a wholesale change, uh, but it sounds like it was you know fairly divergent off of what you would normally do. Yeah, coming off of last year, we we had been doing our chicken on just the our ABS pit boss. We had we had put the WSM away. We were trying to trim down the trailer a bit, so we didn't do too well doing that. So we brought back out the WSM and um, went through a different route. What kind of charcoal do you use in your Smoky Mountain? Are we using a we use a case for? Do you find that that see? So here's the thing. Like I I, I know I kind of. Bust Kingsford balls a little bit about the the. Chart. Do you use uh, competition briquettes or do you use the blue bag? I don't. I just use blue bag. Yeah. So here's the thing, you know, I grew up or I, I kind of cut my teeth on Weber Smoky Mountain. My wife bought me that as my first smoker, you know, ten years ago, or whatever it was. And I've tried to get into using lump charcoal and that thing, but I've found that, you know, with the overnight cooks or, or the longer cooks. And it's just hard to get away from Kingsford because it's uniform, it's consistent. The the burn is something that you can know time and time again. It's where it's going to be. It's hard to get away from that stuff, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, we use it. And we'll use our wood. We use like chunk wood while we're cooking. But when we want the clean burn, we were just going charcoal. So. So as you uh, get through your turn-ins and we start getting the overalls uh, called, uh, did you have uh, a feeling that you were at least going to be making top six, or uh, is it always kind of a, of a crapshoot because you, you don't know where everybody else is? <laughs> yeah. Um, we were just hoping to get in. Um, but with the four calls, we knew we were, we'd probably be in there in the top ten at least. But I wanted to get the top six, so uh, yeah, it's it pretty hard. You know, you know. I wonder, and I've been asking pitmasters this year, especially. I've tried, I think I've gotten every local uh, qualifier that's happened so far this year. I mean, uh, 
when you go in, I mean, so if you're going into a, a non-Sam's Club event, because you know the first two rounds, top six move on. If you go into the regional round, top ten move on, and then you're in the national championship where it's you know 50 of the teams that have uh, qualified. And you're shooting for yeah. all the marbles there. So at, at a regional level or at a local level where you have to get six or, or in, is, is there a different mindset for you where if you're going to something other than that type of an event, you go to you want to win it, obviously. But do you go in here going, yeah, I mean, winning would be good, but I mean, I just want to make top six so I can move on to the next round. Exactly. That, that, that was pretty much our mindset was to make the top six. You know. Does that put so, yeah, you? We never go out to a contest and say that we're going there to lose. You know, we're always going out there to win. Absolutely, Bill Souza joining me here on the show, helping me break down this past weekend's Sam's Club local event at Reno, Nevada. Um, are are you used to to cooking out in the in the Nevada area, if you will? Um, not really. I don't think not not yet. You know, we're we're getting it, but we did pretty good at uh, Mesquite last year. Um, but we're we're kind of nervous about going up into Nevada and try to get in on the regional. So you finish uh, reserve grand overall. So obviously you're going to take you know reserve grand uh, regardless if it's a Sam Club event or a regular event. Uh, obviously a, a great finish for the team. But you also get to yeah. move on to the regional round. Uh, are you going to be competing in the regional round at the end of the month? Yeah, we'll be in Vegas. Are you, if you look at some of the other regions that are set up, they start out early in the year, and maybe their regional final isn't until September or beginning of October, whatever the case may be, so there's a fairly large gap, and certainly the cooks that are moving on to that region around are going to be cooking in between, but do you find that it's at least a little bit easier to be able to, to keep a little bit more momentum when you're cooking three or four weeks from now than it would be to, to look at that regional round four or five months down the road? No, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm sure all teams are cooking all, all year long, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't mind it being early, being over with. So how you do know? you how do you feel about the local performance as it's going to relate to, to kind of pushing you into that regional round? You think you're going to be changing anything? Was there anything that transpired that you know, uh, that you think you might want to make any tweaks on, or are you going to keep the same program going in that regional here at the end of April? Uh, yeah, there'll be a little, there'll be a few tweaks down there in Vegas. Do, do you Not run, what kind of, uh, like, flavor profiles do you run? Something on your own, or do you run anything that's, you know, currently being used out there in the market right now? Um, I'd say we do a, a sweet and savory. We do have a little ingredient that we use that I'm sure a lot of teams aren't using. But that's about it. You, you want to mention that product? Or no, no, not really. No, okay, yeah. Got to keep that one I tight to the best. So I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> we're not mentioning it here on this show, pal. Um, let me ask you this: So you're going to move on to regional round, and that's going to be at the end of April. That'll be in Las Vegas. So another run in uh, Nevada for you. So we'll see how that works out. Um, uh-huh. You know, you mentioned you'd gotten into the competition scene 2008. So, you know, now it's, you know, seven years plus. And I'm wondering, you know, when you first got into it, you get that first chicken call and the things that you were doing then versus what you're doing now. Like, what are the top two or three biggest things that, A, you've seen changed, and I guess uh, secondarily, things that you were doing back then that you're like now, man, I can't believe I was doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably uh, 
working on appearances for my boxes and stuff like that. Um, taking a what did we take? We took butcher's class and we took rhythm and keys class. I think that's helped out a lot. Have you heard from a lot of other teams that really that's for, for the teams that seem to get in? ramp up really quick that the competition barbecue cooking classes are something that they have all taken or have they just kind of hit some luck and, and been able to run with it? Yeah, I, I think they're picking something up on it. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of luck. Are you giving classes, Bill? I mean, what the heck? You've been doing it for seven years and, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, no, you it's crossed my mind, but uh, I'm not doing any right now. Something you might look into? Yeah. Why not? Bill Souza joining me here on the show. Big B's down and dirty. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the Sam's Club this past weekend. Are you a team, Bill, that has uh, been a fan of this, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, artisan meat is uh, the right term, but, you know, getting out of the big box, uh, you know, prime stuff and, uh, you know, for the, brisket and getting into the, the wagyus and the, the the pork stuff and the special ribs and the special chicken or are you still kind of a you know i don't want to say generic but still big box store buyer <laughs> well for our briskets we have I'm, we've been doing srs since 2009 and um that's pretty much the only meat that we're getting that's artisan or anything like that um the rest is all big box meat do you find that there is well, let me ask you this question. Do you, would you be more apprehensive if I said, hey, Bill, I'm going to you know, foot the bill for your briskets here for the rest of the season, but it can only be you know, choice briskets. Would you be more apprehensive uh, taking the free briskets and going up against you know, a lot of the other teams using the, the Snake River Farms or you know, the, the Strew Branch or whoever it is out there? Uh, oh no way! I'd stick with the SRS. Really, you're like no, I'm not. You're you're not even taking the free stuff. No way! Wow, it's that big of a yeah. difference, huh? Oh yeah, for me it is. Wow. Would you believe if I told you that the guys down, certainly not the same sanctioning body, but the guys down in the uh, International Barbecue Cookers Association hardly use that stuff? They're not well, about it. Can you believe that? Yeah, I believe it. I, I, I I know a bunch of teams that are using different meat, but we, we've always used SRF. Bill Souza joining me here on the show. Uh, Bill, aside from being in Vegas at the end of the month, contending for the uh, top ten regional draws to get into the final, where are you going to be at over the next couple of weeks? Um, it'll be Vegas, and then uh, probably do Mesquite the next week. Chances of winning both are. Uh, I hope they're good. <laughs> you were on this show. You're going to win the next one for sure. It's the karma, there Bill, right? Go. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Bill Souza, the pitmaster of Big B's Down and Dirty Reserve Grand Champ this past weekend in Reno, Nevada for the Sam's Club Local. Bill, we wish you nothing but luck at the regional round and the competitions in between. Always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. There he is, Bill Souza, ladies and gentlemen. Big B's Down and Dirty. Can you imagine? I am absolutely, I don't know if I want to say flabbergasted. But here's the people that are in competition right now in the chat room. If I 
no matter what you're using for brisket right now. If I came to you and said, hey, Barbecue Central Show wants to sponsor your brisket price for the year, but it's going to be on my dime, and I'm going to go strike a deal with BJ's Wholesale Club, and we're going to get you 18 pounds, whole packers, but they're uh, prime grade or... Of course, uh, if it was Dave Bosque, it would have to be CAB. Um, would you take me up on the free brisket, or would you tell me, F off, I'm going to go and buy Snake River Farms or the, you know, or, or the Wagyu, let's say. I wonder, I wonder where, as Doc Holliday said in Tombstone, I wonder where the hypocrisy the hypocrisy lies. Because as we all found in that movie, uh, Wyatt, uh, my hypocrisy knows no bounds. Everybody talks about wanting to get sponsored, what they would do, and how they need to get sponsored, blah, blah, blah. Well, if I walked up to you and said, hey, I'll sponsor your brisket for the rest of the season, but hey, it's kind of going to be free, and it's not going to be Wagyu. It's going to be Prime. Or Choice. Choice. Uh-oh. Would you take it? Would you take the free or no? Patrick Paquette. Choice? No. Uh-oh. All right. Now I know. Now I know where it, it lies. All right, let me get back to this. I meant to get to this in the first, in the opening segment. This is an email from my friend Eugene Apicella. And he says, hey, Greg, I seek knowledge and guidance. I volunteer for a local nonprofit organization. From time to time, I have the opportunity to handle the grilling chores for an event, and I have declined. It was nothing extravagant, just hot dogs and burgers, and I feel confident enough to cook for a good-sized crowd. As long as I'm cooking once and we're eating at a set time and the cooking chores are over at the end. For what this organization has been doing, either the volunteers and employees are at a scheduled event is to have food for the event, however long the event lasts for however many people show up. How does one handle cooking burgers and hot dogs for a large, continuous crowd? I mean, I'd constantly be putting burgers and franks on the grill, keeping track of what's been on the grill and removing cooked food from the grill. And simultaneously, it seems for an extended period of time, but I don't think I know how to do that. Could you fit into your show at some point, either your own expertise and experience on that, or some sage advice from one of your guests on how to grill barbecue for large, continuous crowds? Thanks for giving me consideration on this request. Your pal, Eugene Apicella. Yeah. So I routinely do this, and here's the deal. First of all, Eugene, just relax. I mean, if it's hot dogs and hamburgers, the expectation of people, especially if it is an event of any size like you are talking about, is mediocre at best. Nobody's expecting succulent, juicy burgers and incredibly well-manicured hot dogs and all of this stuff. What I recommend is this. Making sure that the hot dogs are not on hot zone level. If you have anything that can get them up over above the coals at, at any type of an extended height, and just get them up there and you know slow roast them. That way they can hold. I mean, you're going to have to continuously kind of rotate them or get them cooked and then put them in pans 
with some foil over the top and continually rotate them around, and that way they don't kind of get slimy because dogs, after a hold, after a certain period of time, will get a little bit slimy. Burger's a little bit different story. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If I'm going to volunteer for something like you're talking about, I'm going to plan on cooking the whole damn time and rotating in fresh burgers on to be served, and I'll be putting uncooked burgers onto the grill, and I'll have it new burgers, flipped burgers, ready-to-go burgers, depending on if you have you put cheese on them or not, and doing it for as long as it takes. And you might not get to sit down and enjoy it, but if you're volunteering to cook, I mean, that's what you're going to do. And whether it takes three hours or four hours or six hours, if your skills are there, keep flipping burgers. Dogs are easy. You can put those up, kind of have them pre-cooked, if you will, and as long as you're keeping them warm and safe, you're fine. Burgers are a little bit different story, but don't be a, don't be a scared to cook the hamburgers all the way through the cook. People will wait for a fresh burger because, believe you, boil them. Put all those hot dogs in a huge, one of those big, huge Cajun cookers with water, boil them, and just stick them all in there and hold them. Easy enough. Then flash them on the grill if you want some char marks. People will wait five minutes for a good burger. Don't overthink it, Eugene. Remember, this is fun. It's grilling. People will wait. They think you're the grill master for crying out. You say, hey, you're going to wait for that burger, shithead. If they're really big, just say, hey, you're going to wait for that burger, sir. You might get punched. All right, folks, Sucklebusters, award-winning barbecue, rubs, sauces, all of the good stuff. Texas-based, 100% made in the U.S. Products have won hundreds of industry awards, including two first place at the American Royal, the World Series of Barbecue. New products from Sucklebusters. How about this? Honey Glaze Barbecue Sauce, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it's a finishing sauce. This is thin. Look at it. See it rolling at the top there? This is thin. It's a glaze. It's a finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. Super sweet, not spicy. Super red. They use a special American paprika for that bright red color. Brush it on five to ten minutes of cooking. Leaves a glossy red sheen. On the meat, extra layer of sweet flavor. Take your competition ribs and chicken to a whole nother level. Available for stores and at sucklebusters.com. Sales at sucklebusters.com is the email. Like their Facebook page, Sucklebusters. Call them, 972-393-9509. Visit their forum, thetexasbbqforum.com. But give the new barbecue glaze and finishing sauce a try. Once again, here it is. This weekend on my finely grill oiled chicken thighs the last five to ten minutes i dumped out the other bottle that isn't open and finished it on the chicken thigh really if you like the bright red color on the chicken this does not disappoint the flavor was good you know i'm always weary of the liquid smoke not there says it's in there i didn't taste it so that's good you're gonna want to try honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce sucklebusters.com all right, we are back with Mike Lindley right after this. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. 
and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Thanks again to Bill Souza for joining me this past segment, talking about the Sam's Club local event that he was able to secure reserve grand champ on. He will move on to the regional round at Sam's Club. Coming up in about four weeks' time at Sin City, or the top ten will move on. My next guest, simply winning the last two times out and is the newest. I'm speaking for him, of course. We'll get his opinion here in a second. Uh, but the newest believer in Barbecue Central show karma, you show up on the show on a Tuesday, you win the following weekend. Mike Lindley, Smoking Moe, is joining me here on the show. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, sir. Mike, tell me about the show Karma and how it has changed your life. <laughs> I can tell you right now, man, I'm still excited right now, if that, if that tells you anything. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, last week we were talking about a huge win at Santa Anita, huge amount of teams, great competition, uh, majestical scenery and so forth. And then you scoot off to the Havasu Landing California competition and summarily go out and crush everybody and take grand champion on that too. So you got two as uh, two in as many weeks. If you can, if possible, are you able to, to compare and contrast each competition and, and how they were similar and, and how they were different? Well, of course they were similar because we won. Yes, uh, that's right. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking how when you're trying to win, you're climbing the hill and you're working towards it, but you've worked towards it so many times and you never made it. And of course, the last weekend we made it. So now you're running this aura for the next four or five days thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do right to make that happen? Instead of what did I do wrong to make it not happen, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're thinking all week, okay, what did we do right? We did this, we did that. And and so we go into this comp and we had the bottleneck the week before. So we cured that on the schedule. And then, uh, boy, we had a couple of doozies <laughs> on Saturday. But, uh, it was uh, it was very interesting to say the least. Because now that you're up at the top, as one of my good buddies told me, there's only one place but down. <laughs> there's only one way but down. And so we were kind of bound and determined to go in there and at least represent. I mean, that was our our goal is to go in there and you know, you know, just take the bull by the horns, if you will, and and. And boy, did it sure work out really well for us. So what's it like, you know, as a team that's grinding and trying to get to the top of that mountain and you go to Santa Anita, you win, you co you, you show up at the next event literally a week later. It's a, a big event that a lot of top teams are going to be going to and have us land in California. And you know that bullseye is on your back. How does that kind of mess with your mind, if it does at all, on making sure that as the pitmaster, the, the schedule and the program is still being run 
the way it should to give yourself the best chance of success again? Well, we knew the bullseye was there uh, for sure. And uh, if you look at the top 10 teams, eight of the top 10 teams were three to four calls, every single one of them. And we're talking, of course, loot and booty, porketeers, the pit crew of SoCal, uh, IAB 30 out of uh, Arizona. These are all big, big name teams that have all been, they've climbed the mountain and, and slayed that dragon four or five times. All good guys. And so, obviously, we picked the hottest guy out there, which was Luke Booty Smitty. I mean, he was our target. Uh, also, we love the little comment he made right at the end of your show last week that, you know, <laughs> congratulations to Smoke and Mo on their RGC. Uh, and of course, I didn't even hear that until Friday morning on the way out. I'm, I'm riding along with Danny, my partner, and he said, play the show, because I hadn't heard the show yet. <laughs> and then I heard that tail end, and as I'm cruising down the road to get set up, there's Smitty right over there, and I waved to him and say, RGC, huh? And that's all I said. I just kept on going, of course. And, uh, so we went and set up a dinner thing, and then, uh, like I said, that bottleneck from the week before, we tweaked the schedule a little bit, and we thought we had everything just dialed in. We start our boxes in the morning, I think, at like 6 in the morning, because boxes give Danny and I fits all the time. I get the first box done. A bottle falls over and cracks the box. And now I'm just like, God, there's an hour's worth of work gone. I look over, and Danny's building his box in the lid. <laughs> He's three-quarters done. So now we got to do a flip and a flop on that box. I'm telling you, it, it was still probably 9 o'clock. We have a 10 o'clock, I mean, an 11 o'clock turn-in at this comp again, just like the weekend before. So we just got pressed by an hour anyway. Now we're redoing boxes, and now meats are coming off. And here we go. We got that same scenario of bottleneck happening again. And we just we, – actually, we looked at each other just started laughing. We're like, all right, man, this is what we're up against today. Let's rock and roll. And uh, we just kept plugging along. So the traditional mindset of thinking would be if the week before you bottleneck up, and you're like, well, let's figure out a way to not do that again. Well, then this past weekend you bottleneck up again. You got to be thinking, hey, we got another grand championship rolling down our back here because things are going south immediately again. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you're exactly right. Maybe maybe in two weeks, maybe I'll just set the schedule up to where everything jams up right at eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, and. Uh, We'll just go with it, and it'll just put more pressure on us, I guess, uh, to, to focus. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Mike Lindley joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Smoke and Moe's Barbecue, recapping the Havasu Landing California competition win they had this past weekend. Uh, Mike, you know, when you go out to that next competition, and look, I mean, we, we can talk about it for fun and excitement here on this show. I mean, it's especially good show fodder for me because we can talk to somebody that's one, two weeks in a row, and then for me, it's always fun to talk about, well, how many can you string together? But inevitably, it's going to stop uh, at some point just because this is the way the, the, the bitch of competition barbecue works, and she's a mean mistress. But um, when you start to set up for you know the third one, is it going to be like right there, like a weight on the top of your head that 
this is the third one that you're going to try and win in a row? Are you going to try and distance yourself away from it? Do you think people are going to be like, oh, we're going to we're going to be gunning for you, especially this time, Mike, so you don't get three in a row? I mean, how are you setting up for that? Well, we're going to work our normal program, but it's funny. I um, We'll be on the East Coast next weekend in Harrington, Delaware at the Triple Threat. And uh, believe it or not, I, I that was the first cook I did on the East Coast. And, of course, it's three guys. I mean, I, I, there's so many great teams. I couldn't even uh, – Chick Swine, Bovine. Yep. You know, just guys that I've never even dealt with before. But I did four comps back here last year. And just the caliber of these guys are so, so good. Um, I'm trying to keep that out of my head and just go in and work my program uh, and see what we can do to, you know, get, we want to be in there. I mean, that, our goal always is to win. And so we got a couple under our belt. We're, we're going to work our same program and see if we can pull something off here. Do you have any thoughts of, of doing any type of, a, of an East Coast flavor profile change or regardless of, of regions and meccas of barbecue and so forth, uh, what you cook in California is what you're going to cook in Washington State, is what you're going to cook in Florida, is what you're going to cook in New England? It will be very, very close, and we'll make one change, and, and that'll just be a sauce change, believe it or not, just a little tweak to that sauce change, but... I believe the rubs and things that we use now are, believe it or not, you could pick those all over the country, and that's what I use. I don't use one one particular brand at all. Yeah. So I used the, this setup, the last two competitions that I did in Virginia, and, uh, yeah, Hampton, Virginia, and we ended up getting four calls and six overall uh, in that last competition. So we know... The Virginia area works pretty good, and I'm just going to run with it up north. Little three hours up north is what it is. Is, it, is that sauce change that you make going to be a, a sweet change, a, a savory change? Like, what's the what's the profile you think works best up there? It'll be a vinegar change. More Believe vinegar? More vinegar? Yep. Oh. Yep. That's what we're running with. I love me some vinegar barbecue sauce 100%. God, I love it. I mean, I'm probably the the smaller portion of that. I know that you know, sweet still kind of the reign supreme. But man, there's nothing better to me than some some really good vinegar in your mouth. That sounds weird. Sure. Um, so, what do you think right now when you go to KCBS.us and uh, look at the team of the year positioning right now, and you see Smoke and Moe's Barbecue currently sitting in fourth place? I mean, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> that is very cool. It was very cool when we got texted uh, right after Santa Anita, and I believe it was on Tuesday, because I, I didn't look. Someone said, hey, you're seventh in the country, and I'm all, are you kidding me? So I hop out there, go check it out, and then uh, I think it was earlier this morning or, or last night, I can't remember, I was doing some flying, uh, bam, fourth place, and uh, we, we were ecstatic. I, I shot a little text over to Danny, and fourth in the country, man. And so we're all we're all happy right now. It's early in the year, you know. It's great that we're there, but we need to really, really focus on what's gonna happen, you know, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten pumps from now. You know, trying to stay consistent, stay in the top ten, I mean that's what's gonna really uh keep us right in that um, area. Our goal this year was top one hundred. 
So, hey, if we're top 50, 20, 30, uh, who knows where that's going to be, we will be very, very happy that we would reach that goal. So that's kind of what we're I was going to say, Mike, will you, will you get into any other sanctioning bodies just for uh, shits and giggles over the course of the year, too, like an FBA if you're around there or IBCA or something like that? We're doing an IBCA um, down in Coachella Valley, California, which is the Stagecoach Music Festival. Yep. And believe it or not, last year we were grand champions there. And uh, that was our first grand champion ever. Of course, it was IBCA. And uh, the team was ecstatic. I mean, we, that was one of the happiest moments uh, of our career. And it started out in the first place in chicken, and they could give these real cool awards that, that are big record is what they are. So over the course of the last two years, we've got our record collection going right now. First place, Reds, Chicken, and Grand Champion. And the, kind of the running joke right now is, okay, I want that first place brisket next. So that, that's kind of, believe it or not, that's our goal. If you get that and you know, get, take a shot at a win, we would be very happy yeah, uh, at that. Stagecoach, yeah. uh, Tom Emery putting on a, a great show each and every year out there for sure. Um, yep. What do you like about an IBCA event? Uh, or, or I guess, you know, there's obvious differences between sanctioning bodies here with an IBCA. Judges aren't trained. They're, they're taking people off the streets. You're kind of cooking for the, the general public, if you will. You're dropping pork out of the whole situation that's brisket and chicken and ribs. You know, what do you like about an IBCA versus a, a KCBS? Well, right off the bat, um, of course, there's no garnish. And that is huge for us. We like, you put a little piece of foil in the pan or down in your blue box. You put your seven ribs, seven slices of brisket, and a half chicken in a box. You close the box, and an hour later, you have another turn-in. KCBS, of course, is every half hour. So I think that, that gives us a little bit of an advantage. I mean, we're, we're twiddling our thumbs, believe it or not. But when we turn in chicken, and then now we have an hour to wait for seven ribs that we Hollywood cut and throw in the box, it's like... You know, it seems like an eternity. So in that respect, I mean, the turn in time and, of course, the garnish, those are the two, the two big things that we, we like about IBCA. Mike Lindley is the pitmaster of Smokin' Moe's Barbecue, uh, grand champion now two weeks in a row at this past weekend's Havasu Landing competition in California. Mike, uh, congratulations again on the back-to-back. Uh, continued success. Uh, good luck here in the next couple of weeks when you uh, get to the third one. And uh, when you win, we'll have you back on again, and we'll keep the momentum rolling, buddy. All right. Thank you, Greg. Hey, can I do a quick shout-out? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, my son today, his golf team, high school golf team, uh, they won their matches, and my son shot a 38. So big shout-out to my son, Jared, on shooting his 38. That's the best score he's had in uh, competition golf. Yeah. We're all happy. 38, baby, yeah. I thought uh, I shot 38 on the first three holes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not very good. All right, Mike. Appreciate right. it, man. Cool, man. Thank yep. you. There he is. Mike Lindley. He's got a golfer on his hands. Watch out now. I bet he could take Tiger Woods. Can you imagine the day that anybody thought they'd be saying, I could take Tiger Woods. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. Anymore. I could take Tiger Woods. That bitch is mine. Hey, you. 
Are you interested in taking barbecue or smoked foods to the next level? Have you thought about starting a catering business, opening a food truck, or a restaurant? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, let Cookshack help you be successful. Register for Cookshack's Fast Eddie's Restaurant and Catering Class to be held in July. The class is held at the Country Club in Ponca City, Oklahoma, and uses their own commercial kitchen. You'll see how to cook on a Cookshack broiler, an FEC 500, 120, 240, and the SM160. All smokers used during the class will be available for purchase at a special rate for participants at that class. The classroom has a classroom portion and a hands-on portion. If you want to handle meat, rubs, and knives, this is the class for you. Each student will learn how to select proper cuts of meat and trim the brisket, the pork butts, the ribs, the chicken. Other topics to be discussed include these important items, menu ideas, cook and hold temps, and techniques, food safety, brining, profitability, and yields. It also includes setup of a dinner service and then working the service line for the patrons of the country club. The instructors are the legendary Fast Eddie Marin, Barbecue Pitmasters TV show finalist David Bosco, Butcher Barbecue Competition Team, and Cook Shack CEO and President Stuart Powell. Each student will receive a binder with class materials, a thermopen, and a Cook Shack apron to take home with them. It also includes three nights hotel meals, a tour of the Cook Shack's manufacturing facility, and a tour of the Head Country Barbecue Manufacturing Facility. The class dates are July 13th and 14th. Class size limited to 25 students. So get up and sign up right now. For more information, contact Krista with Cook Shack at 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Again, that's Krista with Cook Shack, or you can email her. C underscore Jones, J-O-N-E-S, C underscore Jones at Cookshack.com. That's C underscore Jones at Cookshack.com. July 13th and 14th, limited to 25 students. Fast Eddie instructor, Dave Bosca instructor, Stuart Powell instructor. Tours of both the Cookshack's manufacturing facility and the Head Country Barbecue Manufacturing Facility. doesn't get any better than that. 800-423-0698 or C underscore Jones at Cookshack.com. We're back to wrap up this show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Let's go! I'm an outlaw. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. A lot of people asking what my hat says. Cancer Sucks Chicago Barbecue. Shout out to Scotty, ladies and gentlemen. Scotty! What's up, boy? Anything else you want to find out about my show, sponsorship opportunities, so forth? We're big. Really close to announcing a big re-securement of a show sponsor over the next five, six months. Potentially to be announced next show. Right. 
I got you, Matthew. I got you, boy. Just friend me. Wait a second. I saw what you tried to do. Forget it. Get that big stuff out of here. Matt, find me on the Facebooks slash Greg.Rempy. I will accept your friendship. I don't friend anybody on Facebook. Bitch, do you know who I am? I'm not taking no friends. I'll accept your friendship, but I am not taking no friends. Unless you're famous, potentially make me famous or anything like that, then everything's different. <laughs> and you my man. Rod Gray from Pellet Envy. Do you have anything else to add to the show tonight? Nothing. All right. Appreciate him weighing in. All right, let's wrap it up. Here we go. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Bob Trudnack and Brian Cohen. Rob Trudnack of the Barbecue Guru. Brian Cohen. Oh! Bespoke Bacon. I thought he said bespoke bacon, but bespoke. B-E-S-P-O-K-E dot com. Or, sorry, bespokebacon.com. $8 a pound. Saving $4. Buy five pounds. Let me know. Kinger, you love bacon. You know, pay that $75 of shipping up to the Can- Canada. Then we talked with Jason Shackelford from Icy Breeze. In the second hour, we talked with Bill Souza, Big B's Down and Dirty, about the Sam's Club. And also, we talked to Mike Lindley from Smokin' Moats. Uh, his two weeks in a row of winning, winning. Hey, if you got raw cast iron, reseason it each and every time. As it starts to cool, hit it with the brush, then burn a little grease or Crisco or Spam into that. Reseason it each and every time. It gives you generations of rust-free service. Also, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.